Hello, my spooky friends. I'm Blair Bathory, and this is the Something Scary Podcast. Thank you for joining us, whether it's your first time delving into the darkness or if you are brave enough to make a return visit. Welcome. You can live out your MasterChef dreams when you find a professional on Angie to tackle your dream kitchen remodel. Connect with skilled professionals to get all your home projects done well. Inside to outside, repairs to renovations. Get started on the Angie app or visit Angie.com today. You can do this when you Angie that. Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs projects done well. If you own a home, you know how much work it can take, whether it's everyday maintenance and repairs or making dream projects a reality. It can be hard just to know where to start, but now all you need to do is Angie that and find a skilled local pro who will deliver the quality and expertise you need. Angie has over 20 years of home service experience, and they've combined it with new tools to simplify the whole process. Bring them your project online or with the Angie app, answer a few questions, and Angie can handle the rest from start to finish or help you compare quotes from multiple pros and connect instantly, which means you can take care of just about any home project in just a few taps. Because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com. The carnival coming to town brings so much joy to so many. But others see through the facade of the music, games, and clown makeup to see the darkness people are trying to hide. People can try to ignore their issues, but once their anger comes to the surface, there's no telling the deadly damage they can cause. First, a deadly game, followed by cemetery celebration. Then, don't go into the park. Finally, in our featured story, clowning around kills. I receive hundreds of creepy story submissions every single week. And of those, the scariest ones make it into our podcast, along with the story that we've chosen to animate and post over at youtube.com snarled. If you have a tale you're dying to share, send me an email at somethingscary@snarled.com. If you'd like to support Something Scary, then consider joining our Patreon. As a patron, not only can you help the show and see ad-free episodes, but you can also be a part of the horror and hear your name featured in one of our podcast or weekly video stories. Visit patreon.com snarled. So... Want to hear something scary? Carnival Carnage. April Yates is one of our featured writers joining us to help celebrate Pride Month. She is the author of the sapphic historical romance Ashthorn and other strange dark fictions, like the one you're about to hear. Zara tried to tune out the noise of the fair as she examined the bean bags on the counter in front of her. Save for the color, they were all identical in size and weight. She needed to concentrate, but the sounds of laughter, the clatter of the rides, and the incessant looping carnival music made it hard to do so. She picked a beanbag up, threw it at a coconut sitting on a stake, and it missed. 
It's all a fix, Zara cried, desperately trying to hold back the tears that threatened to spill over. She didn't want to show how frustrated the game had made her, though the ever-rising pitch of her voice betrayed her. There's no way anybody could possibly win. She threw another beanbag, this time hitting a coconut square on. It remained immovable. Surely you must have nailed or glued them down. Now, now, there's no need to let accusations fly, the showman said as he picked up the bags and placed them back on the counter. Why don't you let another one of those beanbags fly instead? Zara wished she could let one fly at his smug face, but that wouldn't be productive. She needed to win, had to win. The game is to knock them all down, all eight of my lovely coconuts. There they are for you, all standing in a row. The showman picked up a coconut from its stake, tossing it from hand to hand before placing it back down. It's possible if you really, really want to win. The sights and sounds of the fair had faded away. There was nothing now but the game. Zara's arm and shoulder ached, but she had to remain focused. Keeping calm and collected was key if she was going to have any chance of winning. How many do I have left? Zara asked. The tears she had fought so hard to keep back now streaming down her face. However many you need, the showman said. His teeth too big for his mouth, Zara thought reflected the multicolored lights of the stall, a vicious rainbow grin. Just how long had she been standing? Beanbag in hand, she looked down at her knuckles that were white with tension and took a deep breath. Another throw, another hit, another coconut still standing. When Zara's girlfriend had suggested a date at the village fair, she had envisioned an evening of riding on rickety fair rides of Lexi teasing her when she fell for a cheap jump scare in the haunted house and screamed like a little kid. Zara had imagined the evening Indy with a candy floss flavored kiss goodnight, the oversized stuffed toys she'd won for Lexi preventing their bodies from touching, but making the kiss ever the more exciting for it. Now Zara couldn't even remember how she had ended up there. She remembered riding the waltzer and playing the hook a duck game remembered scoffing down a greasy cheeseburger in four bites and feeling immediately sick afterwards. Lexi had gently admonished her for that, telling her she shouldn't be so greedy, but after that, it was all a bit of a blur. Zara looked up at the bodies lined up amongst the prizes of stuffed toys, travel-sized board games and plastic tubes packed full of cheap and no doubt long-expired sweets. Most of the corpses were skeletal, held together by dried-out tendons and ligaments. A few were fresh, bloated, and discolored. And nestled between them was Lexi, her eyes wide with horror, a stuffed toy rabbit crammed in her mouth to quiet her pleas for help. You're free to leave anytime you want, but you wouldn't want to go without winning a prize, would you? Zara looked again at the stall's prizes. How many people had given up, leaving their loved ones to die and rot here, she wondered. She felt as if she had been here for days already. Her throat was dry. Hunger pain stabbed her stomach, and her legs felt as if they would give away from underneath her at any moment. But no way would she give up on Lexi. She'd try forever if she had to. Remember, the showman said. You've got all the throws you need. Give it a twist and a flick of the wrist. She picked up another bing bag, another breath, 
Another throw, another hit. This time, the coconut teetered ever, ever so slightly. Just as expected, that was a terrifying tale from April. And you can keep up to date with her publications at aprilyates.com or find her daily creepy thoughts on Twitter at April underscore Yates underscore. Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs projects done well. If you own a home, you know how much work it can take, whether it's everyday maintenance and repairs or making dream projects a reality. It can be hard just to know where to start, but now all you need to do is Angie that and find a skilled local pro who will deliver the quality and expertise you need. Angie has over 20 years of home service experience, and they've combined it with new tools to simplify the whole process. Bring them your project online or with the Angie app, answer a few questions, and Angie can handle the rest from start to finish or help you compare quotes from multiple pros and connect instantly which means you can take care of just about any home project in just a few taps. Because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com. The Angie's List you know and trust is now Angie. And we're so much more than just a list. We still connect you with top local pros and show you ratings and reviews. But now, we also let you compare upfront prices on hundreds of projects and book a service instantly. We can even handle the rest of your project from start to finish. So remember, Angie's List is now Angie. And we're here to get your job done right. Get started at Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I. Or download the app today. You can live out your MasterChef dreams. When you find a professional on Angie to tackle your dream kitchen remodel. Connect with skilled professionals to get all your home projects done well. Inside to outside. Repairs to renovations. Get started on the Angie app or visit Angie.com today. You can do this when you Angie that. In Illinois, there was a crash so deadly even the living are still reeling, which inspired this story written by Colin Ousted. When I was 16, I witnessed something terrifying, something that still haunts me to this day. It all took place at Showman's Rest, a cemetery in Forest Park, Illinois. You may have heard of it since it was the scene of the most horrific train accident in the state's history. On June 22, 1918, a 26-car circus train belonging to Hagenbeck Wallace Circus was heading from Illinois to Hammond, Indiana, when it was stalled on the tracks by an overhead axle box. Despite the flares and signals to alert other trains at the obstacle, for some reason, the circus train barreled on. It was speculated that the engineer on board, Alonzo Sargent, was asleep at the controls when they smashed into another stalled train before them. However, other sources claim the ringmaster orchestrated the whole thing. With ticket sales being down, maybe he thought he could at least collect the insurance money, not foreseeing the total devastation from the crash. According to witnesses, Alonzo's train plowed through the stationary cars, killing many of the circus performers in a matter of minutes. Both trains were knocked off the high tracks, 
plummeting to the ground below and bursting into flames, ensuring any survivors from the initial collision were burned to death. After the fire was extinguished, it was discovered that out of 86 workers that had perished, only 56 could be identified. Many of the unknown were temporary performers that had been hired days prior to the accident. There weren't just human fatalities. Among the wreckage, five elephants had to be left where they laid. Their statues now mark the borders of the cemetery. My friends Leighton, Nikki, and I thought it would be cool to visit the site of the crash. Maybe we'd find some old bones or see a ghost. We could be famous. So we made our way to the old cemetery on the anniversary of the accident. As we passed one of the elephant statues, the air grew chilly. We carefully made our way deeper into the cemetery. As we walked, I read some of the gravestones, thinking of the souls buried beneath them. Sam Worthington, Miles Smith. But as we drew deeper into the darkness, I noticed the markers bore strange names. Smiley and the five horse driver instead of Sam and Miles. I guess these poor souls didn't have any family to claim them, so no one knew who they really were. The thought unnerved me. And just as I was about to head back, shh, do you hear that? It was music coming from all around us. As we looked for the source, I saw a light just ahead and realized we had reached the heart of the cemetery. Unbelievably, one of the train cars was still resting there and it was ablaze with light. We saw a flash of movement, quickly registering we were not alone. Scattered around the car was an odd collection of people who looked as if they were in the middle of practicing various circus acts. A little person was balancing on a ball while juggling a set of pins. A clown practiced their special falls. They stopped as we approached, all of us frozen in our tracks. A staring match, a battle of wills. Then their blank faces broke into fiendish smiles as the doors of the train car slid open and the ringmaster stepped out. Good evening to you, young gentlemen. You're just in time for our performance, the ringmaster said, his lips stretched over his yellowing teeth. He gestured towards the door of the train car. The macabre performers lined up on both sides, forming a funnel towards the opening. He invited us in, and we slowly walked towards them, despite the obvious alarm bells. Then I noticed the name tag pinned to one of the clowns as we passed by. Smiley. I began to back up. This isn't right. No need to worry, young man, said the ringmaster who was now inside the train holding out his hand. Before we could act, he pulled Nikki into the train and slammed the door shut behind him. As the echoes vibrated around Leighton and me, and possibly the train car glided away on the broken and disused tracks. We started to chase after it, but it picked up speed and was soon swallowed up by the darkness. As I bent over to catch my breath, the sounds drifted further and further away from us. Only then did we hear the twisted screams of both metal and people as the ghostly crash from over a century ago filled the quiet night. Leighton and I raced home, bringing our parents back as soon as the sun came up to try and find Nikki. But there was no sign a train car had used those tracks in decades. They called the police, but we never saw Nikki again. 
Have you ever snuck into a cemetery to visit a famous gravesite? Did you experience anything supernatural? And what about the train car? Where do you think it went? Would you have kept chasing it into the darkness to find your friend? If you've ever experienced something similar and you'd like to share your story, send us an email at somethingscary@snarl.com. Angie's list is now Angie, and we've heard a lot of theories about why. I thought it was an eco-move. Fewer words, less paper. No, it was so you could say it faster. No, it's to be more iconic. Must be a tech thing. But those aren't quite right. It's because now you can compare upfront prices, book a service instantly, and even get your project handled from start to finish. Sounds easy. It is, and it makes us so much more than just a list. Get started at Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I. Or download the app today. Amusement parks should be full of life, vibrating with noise, stimulating the soul. But what happens when you dare to break into one that has been long since forgotten? Find out in this story, written by Janine Pipe. Petey and I walked past the derelict amusement park as we had hundreds of times before, looking at the rickety rides and long-abandoned attractions, piles of leaves and trash covered, once-clean pathways, and an eerie silence prevailed where there had been laughter and music once before. We'd both been to bigger and better modern amusement parks, like Six Flags or Disney World. But something about this place called to us. And today, we finally decided to break in. To be honest, it wasn't hard. The security was hardly Fort Knox, just a simple wired fence and no cameras or guards. There was nothing of value in the park and the creepiness of the place kept many troublemakers out including us, until now. Not that we wanted to break anything or cause damage. We just wanted to look around. After slipping under the fence and making our way through the piles of leaves, we knew exactly where we were headed, the Ferris wheel. Rumor had it, very occasionally the ride would start working despite there being no power in the park. We knew there was little to no chance of it happening while we were there, even if it happened at all. But just in case, we rushed over to the imposing mess of machinery. No modern, well-kept carnival or amusement park can recreate the thrill that comes from being somewhere no one has been for years, and where we had no right to be now. Our tummies were full of butterflies as we started up the rusty mechanism, the slight breeze we hadn't noticed before causing the still-attached seats to rock just a little. Although we were daredevils enough to get this far, we still had a safety plan. Only one of us would climb up onto the ride at a time, the other waiting below, just in case. Petey was three weeks older than I was, and he deemed that gave him the right to go first. I didn't protest. I watched him start the ascent, the rickety machinery straining and creaking as he climbed the rusty ladder intended only to be used in an emergency as an escape route. My heart felt like it was about to beat out of my chest as I watched. He sat in the car with a huge grin on his face. Ew, he called down. The seat's all wet. It'll look like I peed myself. I was still laughing when I realized we had company. 
I froze, trying to pinpoint exactly where the noise was coming from. It seemed that the control booth for the wheel wasn't empty. Just as I was trying to pluck up the courage to check it out, another unfamiliar sound struck me. It was loud, squeaky, and again completely impossible because it sounded like the ride had started working. Sure enough, there was Petey, mouth agape. Once the controls activated, the lap bar had come down and now Petey was stuck. The ride was not only moving, but seemed to be speeding up at an alarming rate. Petey now looked terrified, torn between wanting to force the lap bar up, but also registering at the speed the wheel was turning, it was the only thing keeping him safe. It wasn't long before he started to scream. As the ride continued to accelerate, I did the only thing I could think of. I'm gonna come help, Petey, I cried, racing back from the park and not stopping until I practically fell through the door. Dad and I stood looking at the Ferris wheel. Mom wasn't too far behind waiting for the cops, fire truck, and ambulance. There was no need for any of them. The ride has stopped, and there was no sign of Petey. Not the Petey I knew anyway. There was something in the car. The car I swore Petey had been sitting in less than 20 minutes ago. After the police had taken it away for testing, results came back inconclusive. There was simply no explanation for it. How could there be? It was impossible. And yet, it had happened. I had left the disused, long-abandoned park with my 13-year-old best friend trapped on a ride that hadn't been started for years. On a ride which no one controlled and had gone way too fast. But what remained in the car couldn't have been Petey. Could it? Have you ever broken into an abandoned property? Were you caught? And if you weren't and you got out alive, would you do it again? Clowns are meant to be fun and entertaining, bringing laughter and joy, especially to children. But sometimes, underneath that face paint lies more than you realize. Just like in the story based on the Kentucky urban legend. I had never planned to move back to Kentucky, but after my mom passed away, I took my son Tyler through the Appalachian Mountains and headed back to my childhood home. Lots of things creep me out about Kentucky especially the legend of Sprinkles, the killer clown. In 1973, a caravan of circus performers were making its way across the mountains when a bad storm set in. The icy roads finally got the better of the caravan and the cars piled up on the side of the road. Many died at the scene and one of those vehicles carrying five clowns wasn't discovered for days. Finally, the police found three remaining clowns who had survived and revealed the fate of the rest of their party from the wreck. And it was pretty grim. A clown known as Sprinkles, who was not part of the group, had kept them tied up like hostages. Sprinkles forced the hostages to eat the dead performers from the wreck and said that he had planned on eating them too if he couldn't keep his hunger down. It wasn't until one of the victims got his hands free that he was able to untie the others. However, years later, pictures taken on a trail cam in eastern Kentucky showed Sprinkles very much alive. Although photos were shown all over the news, he was never caught. The story had terrified me as a kid, and I was lost in thought 
when the sounds of the ice cream truck jolted me back to reality. We headed over to where it had stopped, and wouldn't you know it, the driver was a damn clown. My stomach clenched. His smile was wide as we approached him, and I didn't know if it was paranoia, but I swear he was staring directly at my son. Tyler seemed a bit surprised, but went about ordering his cone with chocolate sprinkles. Great choice, kid, said the clown, then looked over at me. I started taking my wallet out, but he waved his hand. No charge today. Just delicious ice cream. Bye now. He waved his goodbyes and drove off. I was left feeling slightly confused. Despite his creepy appearance, the clown was surprisingly polite. The next day, the ice cream truck returned, blasting the same music from its speakers. Ice cream, you scream, we all scream for ice cream. The same line repeated over and over again. I still didn't really like the idea of Tyler heading out by the truck alone, so I walked out with him. The clown waved at us as he had done so on the previous day and handed Tyler a chocolate cone with sprinkles. This time, he looked over at me and said 350. I laughed at first since yesterday he said it was free, but then he told me that was only for new customers. Damn it, I thought to myself. I left my wallet inside the house. I took a deep breath and with one eye on Tyler, I hurried back in and grabbed a $5 bill and raced outside. He handed me the change and drove off. See you tomorrow, kid, he called out. The next day at the same time, I heard the familiar song. This continued every day for weeks and then months and each time after buying an ice cream and chatting with a guy, I thought maybe, just maybe, I could trust this particular clown after all. The usual? He asked Tyler, who'd nod licking his lips while I paid. Then he'd drive off with his music blaring. On the last day of Tyler's summer break from school, I was watching TV when I heard the familiar song. Tyler came running down the stairs. My program was interrupted with a breaking story. I told Tyler to grab my wallet and go get ice cream by himself today. Tyler jumped for joy as he grabbed the money and ran outside. The newscaster mentioned that over the past few months, kids have started to go missing. And witnesses are saying that a clown has targeted kids who were alone and pulled them into his truck. A picture popped up on the screen of a clown that looked familiar, same wig and costume. My heart skipped a beat. It was Sprinkles, the killer clown. Tyler, I screamed as I jumped from the couch and ran outside, grabbing my keys between my fingers. I saw Tyler reaching out for his ice cream. Tyler, get away, I shouted. The clown dropped the ice cream and in seconds I reached the truck and swung my hand holding the keys, stabbing him in the eye. He fell to the ground screaming, blood pouring down his face. I knew he was a child killer and a cannibal. I was glad I had stopped him. Grabbing Tyler, we locked ourselves inside and waited for the police to arrive. As I held Tyler close, I explained what I'd seen on the news. I turned up the volume to show him, and that's when the news anchor announced that the police had caught the guy who had been snatching children and he was now in custody. But if they caught that guy, then what had I done? Tyler looked at me with real fear in his eyes, only this time the fear was directed at me. I had just attacked an innocent man 
because of a costume he was wearing, because of a conditioning I'd been exposed to that all clowns were dangerous. As these sirens approached our house, I couldn't help but wonder, if the real Sprinkles had been caught, was I now the monster? This week's podcast stories were edited by Sarah Lukasiewicz and Janine Pipe. Narration by Blair Bathory and Stephanie Strange. Audio edited and mixed by Fitz Harris. Additional audio editing by Calvin Linderman. Art and graphics by Irma Richardson. Produced by Annie Villabos. Music by Sapphire Sandalo and Calvin Linderman. Gail Gilman is the executive producer. If you have a story you'd like to submit, send me an email at somethingscary@snarl.com. Don't forget to watch the video version of Something Scary over at youtube.com snarled. And if you'd like to support the show and everything we do at Snarled, join our Patreon at patreon.com snarled. Until next time, my spooky friends, sweet screams. Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs projects done well. If you own a home, you know how much work it can take, whether it's everyday maintenance and repairs or making dream projects a reality. It can be hard just to know where to start, but now all you need to do is Angie that and find a skilled local pro who will deliver the quality and expertise you need. Angie has over 20 years of home service experience and they've combined it with new tools to simplify the whole process. Bring them your project online or with the Angie app, answer a few questions, and Angie can handle the rest from start to finish or help you compare quotes from multiple pros and connect instantly, which means you can take care of just about any home project in just a few taps. Because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com. Angie's list is now Angie, and we've heard a lot of theories about why. I thought it was an eco-move. Fewer words, less paper. No, it was so you could say it faster. No, it's to be more iconic. Must be a tech thing. But those aren't quite right. It's because now you can compare upfront prices, book a service instantly, and even get your project handled from start to finish. Sounds easy. It is. And it makes us so much more than just a list. Get started at Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I. Or download the app today.